Welcome back to a very special, as always, Andrew says, on the Rebel News Network. We are here with Eric Butler. How are you, Eric? TatumReport.com. Report and opine on Instagram. Coming back from Texas at CPAC? Yes, Dallas, Texas. Uh, I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me, of course. No problem. I wanted to get you on and talk about our beloved Bo Jiden. Um, every <laughs> single time I think we talk, there's a new Biden gaffe. Have you been watching some of this stuff? Like, it's getting worse and worse. And I know we probably talked about it before that it's, you know, uh, getting as bad as it could possibly be. But I want it like there's even like as we speak, I'm sure he's doing something. Olivia, do you have that one that's him putting on his jacket? I think I sent you a couple. <laughs> the flight jacket, right? Where you couldn't really get the flight jacket on. Is that what happened? Yeah, let's take a look at that. It's sad. I think it goes on for a minute and a half. I think I sent you the, uh, a couple of those, Olivia in the in the chat there but it's he's coming off of air force one i think yeah show this or he's coming off of whatever helicopter one is it called i don't know with a mask of course i don't know how we explain that one and he just can't and his poor wife can you see this eric i can definitely see that and i <clears throat> i uh i wouldn't say his poor wife at all i think she's actually the the mastermind behind this thing. She's letting this guy drive it into the wall and she needs to be held accountable. <laughs> I think there's a minute and a half there of him trying to put on a jacket and uh, she has to help him. He doesn't know really what he's doing. He picks up something off the ground too, which is amazing. I heard, um, I forget who it was on, on one of the networks. I want to say MSNBC, but I shouldn't just say that, but I will. Um, <laughs> uh, they're saying Jill Biden should be the surgeon general and she's got a doctorate of education, I think is what it is, isn't it? Oh, that was Whoopi Goldberg, wasn't it? Whoopi what Goldberg. Was it Whoopi? Said, yeah, she right. doesn't know what she's Can we try about. to find that, Olivia? I didn't send you that, but Whoopi Goldberg talking about Jill Biden. Like, are these... Could they be? I know Joe Biden was vice president, but I still want to say he's unqualified because he doesn't know where he is. Jill Biden, I mean, she said that um, she said a lot of stuff about him. Like she doesn't think he's going to run. I believe she said um, she gave what, what did she say in the speech? The Bogodas of New York. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She dude, that was the that was the um, the breakfast taco. That right. Was the same speech. Right. Um, yeah. Dude, the. <sighs> Jill, Biden, the whole entire Biden family, and this is very peculiar. I don't even know how it got this bad. Like, maybe it was just pre-iPhone era, pre-social media that we did, we couldn't really, you know, and that's why we see so much censorship. I always want to bring it back to that between the censorship and this two-tier justice system that has been exemplified by what happened to Donald Trump last night that I'm always screaming about. But how did it really get this bad? I mean, that's an honest question. Like, was it like this in the Clinton era, the Bush era, Obama, or, mm -hmm. or has it just, <clears throat> excuse me, has it really just been kicked into overdrive because Donald Trump was going to, was going to do something that these people just, I mean, to, how do you justify this sort of crazy lashing out? It's just inexplicable. I, I truly don't know. And <laughs> as you know, Will this wake anybody up? That's always the question. Will it wake anybody up? Will somebody say, all right, because uh, Cuomo came out and said something that I was kind of saying, so maybe, I don't know. Right. Well, I want, uh, we have the, uh, let's hear Wood and Whoopi said this. We have that here. I see that. <laughs> Dr. Jill becomes a surgeon general. Surgeon general. Yeah, Joe Biden's wife, because she, you know, she he would never do it, but she, it's, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. 
She's an amazing doctor. I she's a doctor. I, PhD. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I, I, I could be wrong. Maybe I thought she was. Yeah. I think she's, <laughs> she's she's oh. a teacher, but you know. You look at her on the end. So, like, I used to think that Whoopi was the most sane one because I remember when they wanted to blacklist, it was the people from Will and Grace wanted to blacklist Trump supporters in Hollywood. She said, we don't do that sort of thing. And I was starting to think she was one of the more sane ones. But then with the TPUSA stuff and, like, and this, she didn't even know she was a doctor. You should just be Surgeon General. I don't know if she's a teacher or not or what she's got a doctorate in, but... I thought she was an amazing surgeon or something. She, then they had to do this thing where they walked back their TPUSA claims. And uh, I know Will Witt's been talking about this on his new thing, the Florida Standard, it's called. And um, t there was people who dressed up as neo-Nazis, which is always a plant. I don't think there's been a neo-Nazi group since like the 80s. And people said they still get free speech, but they tried to say that it was part of the TPUSA event. They had to walk that back. And she said, no, they just agree with them. Then they had to walk that back all within like the span of one show. And then she said that they share some of the same ideologies and she had to walk that back. So I don't think that Whoopi Goldberg knows exactly what she's saying at any given time. But I guess you get away with that at like, what is it, 11 in the morning or like one in the afternoon, depending on where you are. It's like you go on The Price yeah. is Right and say something people probably aren't going to notice. Uh, well, I'm also curious, though, because she says it so confidently, like, oh, she's a hell of a doctor. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? You don't need you know? like, Yeah, she's a hell of a Jill Biden. What? What? What, be, what are you talking about? And secondly, um, I, I know that, you know, there was probably some, you know, some Trump kids working in, in his administration, but they they don't like that. Right. Like, couldn't can we imagine if uh, take the Cuomo brothers, for instance, if we have uh, Chris Cuomo on CNN obviously some years ago or a year ago, whatever he left. But if we saw uh, Don Jr. or Eric Trump or any of those people who had a regular television show, it would be, it would be, it would be nonstop chaos. They would say, you can't do this. But so for Whoopi to immediately just say, well, yeah, that's his wife. Like, is there no sense of like nepotism there? Just because you, A, you don't even know what you're talking about. She's a hell of a doctor. You just literally made that up. And B, you're just saying, well, she just deserves it because she's, Joe Biden's wife. Like, what are you even talking about, Whoopi? Uh, they, and this is how we get there. This is how we get to these radicalized people that uh, they're, they're, you know, they love uh, the left wing people are loving the Trump raid on Twitter. And, and it's because they watch stuff like this, obviously CNN. So I don't know, man. I like to think every, I go back and forth. I like to think that most people can see through it. But then again, sometimes I just don't know, man. It's, it's a tough call. Well, have you seen this handshake yet that happened today as we filmed this? Uh, yeah, where he went back to shake his hand again. Yeah, like let's show that. Hand. This is literally, yeah. I counted, four, maybe five seconds. Let's play this. One, two, three, four, five, hand out again. Within five <laughs> seconds, he forgot. And then the, hmm, did I, did I already shake his hand? Within five seconds... He forgot where he was and what he was doing. That's pretty devastating. Like, I don't know how anyone, they had him hidden for what, two weeks, the first bout of Corona, and then six days or something after that, he was testing positive again. So almost two weeks, I think he was basically out of commission off camera, and then he comes back and, and does that. But what about the conspiracy, Eric? Imagine they were doing this on purpose. <laughs> I, maybe I shouldn't even said that because we're gonna get off on a tangent. Imagine they just send out a guy who's not Joe Biden and he's just like, let's make him look ridiculous to distract from everything else. 
But uh, well, I know we saw the robot Biden, right? Yeah, like people true. were talking about the robot Biden clip, right? Um, the CGI one. Shout out to yeah. that guy with the uh, sweat hanky too, of course, out there perspiring next to Joe Biden. There, throw that back oh. up, Olivia. <laughs> um, I, I don't know what's going on here, bro, but. It just becomes so painfully obvious. And I think this is why they're throwing every single thing at the wall, bro. Like, are we to believe that it's just a, a sheer coincidence that he said he had cancer and then tested positive twice? Now, I, I may have missed it. I was driving and doing the CPAC thing, but did he just come back out here and start shaking hands with the air again or looking for another handshake again? But did we get, did the news break that he tested negative now? Like, I mean, that's, don't we hear so much about, oh, uh, test results in positive, negative. Did, did we get a report that, I don't okay, even he tested know. negative and now he's back out? See if you can find that and we'll we'll stop uh, making you run around here, Olivia. See if you can find an announcement of him testing negative now. Because if, I didn't see that. I saw that he tested positive again the other day and I think he came back out from the woodwork yesterday, out of the basement, as they say. Remember when they used to say Trump was hiding in his basement all the time and then Biden literally conducted a campaign from his basement. That was pretty amazing. But I think he came back out yesterday. But uh, this Trump raid that they're doing, or that they did, sorry, the FBI on Monday, or is today? Yeah, it's on Monday. And, yesterday, um, yeah. And they're at Mar-a-Lago. I guess probably what's going to happen is the Florida governor is going to look into it. But I read that they said, um, okay, I see it. Throw that up. Uh, Biden test negative for COVID. Okay, we'll continue, there we go. We'll continue isolation. Well, he's not isolating, that's for sure. Um, so that must have been what date? What's the date on that one? Two days ago. So he's out of isolation already. So I guess something was too important. Uh, yeah, August sixth. That says so he's already back out and about, forgetting where his jacket is. Oh, he's sick from COVID. He doesn't know where he is. But uh, I read in all the information they put out with this Trump raid um, this week was it was about documents that he took from the White House that he, they said he, they requested several times to get them back from him. And that was what it was about. And also they mentioned that um, Joe Biden in the White House has no idea about this. So you go and raid a former president, the previous president, and the current president has no idea about that. I don't see how that's possible. And if that is possible and that did happen, then you have a head of the FBI who admitted that they did know about it going rogue and basically doing something that hasn't been done since what the 60s um or was it the 70s i'm not sure with watergate where they go and raid oh, them yeah. and find this um it's pretty strange that biden wouldn't know about this but they're probably thinking you know we can't handle anymore we can't handle joe biden answering this question but that's what i want to hear eric i want to hear joe biden's explanation as to why this happened don't you well, in, in Joe Biden's defense, I can't stand this guy. I think the entire family is, is totally corrupt. But in his defense, he, he doesn't know what's going on. Like, it doesn't surprise me that he didn't know. They can, like, I would venture to say they told him. And he, I mean, it's just so, he's in the wind, bro. That guy, he is not pulling the strings. He is not running the country. He, I mean, how many times we, we see all the gaps, the handshakes and stuff, the hair sniffing, but how many times do we get the, get him on like the quote unquote hot mic. He's like, whoa, where, where am I going? What? <laughs> like he, he doesn't know what's happening. So he would not be able to explain this at all. And unfortunately he won't have to. And just to bring it full circle, that's the two tier justice system that we see. Like 
you can imagine if, I mean, Donald Trump saying that Joe Biden was colluding with Ukraine was enough for them to him impeach him just for saying that. So it's just so crazy. Um, I would I would love nothing more than to see Joe Biden explain this or or Corrine Jean Pierre <laughs> spin this thing and tell us um, exactly why this happened. Because and what's crazier though is that when you watch the left wing Instagram accounts and stuff. They're, you know, they're also celebratory, but they're, they're just eating these little droppings every single time. Like you, you didn't, I mean, these people who are cheering this are, they still believe that Kyle Rittenhouse shot three black people. They still believe that Jacob Blake w was shot dead. They still believe, I mean, every single thing. It's like the, the Wiley, uh, Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner or Lucy in the football, like, we got him this time, bro. It's all a complete facade and they refuse to see through it. It's, this is no longer like just regular ignorance. This is like being so steadfast, like ignoring things on purpose. Has Charlie Brown been canceled yet? I feel like it must have been. There's gotta be something in Charlie <laughs> Brown that's been canceled. But I think when your um, invisible handshake counter goes above one, then it's time to start asking questions. I think he's at at least two now. There's one where he turns off to the side and nobody's there. And now five seconds, Eric, and he's forgetting that he shook a man's hand that's standing right in front of him. That's incredible. Have you seen what's in this new inflation relief package, Olivia? See if you can find that. I think Fox had a short list of it. I'm sure somebody else has a bullet point of the inflation relief bill, I believe it's called. And um, it's a lot. To the do euphemisms with... never stop. I know, right? That's how they sell it. That's how they, yeah. even though on the surface, you don't even have to dig into something that called inflation relief. We're going to print more money and spend more of your money in order to reduce inflation. I believe the correct thing to do would just literally be send the money back to you. You've collected it through taxes to literally give it back. I think that's the about the best thing you can do. But I know it has something to do. Um, they've got some credits in there for green energy. Um, I'm sure there's, there's Ukraine stuff. They passed another half billion, as I call it, uh, to Ukraine recently. Do we have anything on that yet, Olivier? We need to keep looking probably. I think the most notable thing that I saw was the, uh, was it 78 or 87,000 new IRS right. agents? Right, the IRS that's like the, thing. Yeah. Um, that's like the, the title track, as some might say. Um, <laughs> some might. Um, but my thing is, and everybody's talking about, you know, the, uh, they didn't raid Hillary. They're not going after Hunter Biden. Um, but, and that's, those are all true things, right? That is, those are 100% valid questions. However, I'm a little bit more concerned with why you can hire an army of IRS agents but you can't put anybody at the border. Are we to believe that these, um, I don't, I don't want to get, I forget the exact numbers, 87 or 89 or 90, so whatever. Yeah, it's, I think it's 87,000 more. Yeah, to, to go after what? 200 billionaires in the entire country? Well, they what haven't said that. There is the, there's a clip that came out on NBC the other day where he said, are these going to only be making, these going after people only making over 400,000? And the guy said, we're not going to do that. So what I hear when a country without money and who's spending out of control says that we're hiring more IRS agents, it means they're going to be milking people dry um, for as much as they can. Let's throw up whatever that is, Olivia. Um, inflation reduction. What tax hikes are on the bill? Let's read some of this. 
Uh, months of negotiations, 739 billion over the next decade. Um, revenue is going towards initiatives, of course, designed to combat climate change and curb pharmaceutical prices. I mean, some of that could be good, as well as efforts to reduce the nation's $30 trillion bet. It includes... No, I do think... Go ahead. That tr Well, I was just going to say, I do think that, and you can fact check me on this, but Trump had some sort of executive order that was putting a cap on pharmaceuticals that was uh, dissolved by Joe Biden, mm -hmm. and now he's doing it again. So it's the same thing that we saw... When he says, oh, well, we created X amount of new jobs. It's like, no, you just gave people their jobs back after you took yeah. them away. And as far I mean, are we to believe that these agents, I mean, are they going to be tracking the, the financial status of these migrants that have hopped over the fence and they're busting all over the country? Are you going to track them? Or are you going to track the guy who just deposited $601? I think we've discussed it before, but I know in Canada, refugee employment rate is around 10%. Now, I don't know if it's the same for the US at all because of how many, you know, people from Central America would claim refugee status. They're probably more work able than people coming from a war-torn country. But that, I think, in itself tells you that there's a problem with the refugee system if somebody's just be coming to another country for economic reasons as opposed to which was Syrian refugees coming here. Uh, don't ask me why we selected a particular one. It was just a person at the time. Let's bring that back up, Olivia. I know there was $433 billion in new spending, while roughly $300 million uh, benefits. Rush Republicans argue the measure does little to tackle higher prices. And even uh, left-leaning economists are saying this, too. Nonpartisan con Congressional Budget Office will have a negligible impact on inflation. I know Bernie Sanders says um, it's going to have little to nothing. Not that he's a, an economist. It's the fact that he's disagreeing with, you know, his own party on it. Um, yeah, talking about how it wasn't the two trillion corporate minimum tax impose a 15 percent minimum tax on corporations based on profits. They publicly report in the financial statements to shareholders. Um, the levy would only apply to companies that report more than one billion dollars in income. Democrats said the levy would affect over around 200 of the country's largest corporations with profits. So we're taking money from the large corporations and we're putting it towards climate change. I think it's another one of those situations, Eric, where it's take it away from other billionaires and put it towards my friend who's also a billionaire so that his energy corporation, because they like to attach things like green energy to a person that, you know, just loves everybody. It's green energy, therefore, it's just made of love. There's nobody making billions of dollars off of it. Elon Musk, perfect example, electric cars, richest or top three richest men or people in the world, people, persons even. So like just the idea that's going towards green energy is supposed to mean that it's good. But like we, we all know that green energy doesn't automatically mean electric cars, even though that you have to, there's that famous, uh, video where it's being powered by a coal plant nearby but it also means solar panels which are made in china which i'm sure it's going to funnel that way somehow and of course wind energy isn't nearly as efficient as everybody would like it to be right now so i think eric it's another situation where it's i prefer my billionaires over your billionaires but we're saying that we're saving you guys while we do this no yeah well i think you're actually maybe giving them a little bit too much credit even like to say we're all supposed to believe that it's good when you talk about green energy. Like, yeah, I guess for the regular normie who's just like the surface level, like Californian, maybe that works. But I'd venture to say that mo when most people hear green energy, 
they think scam. I mean, think about Solyndra. Remember Solyndra? I mean, it was a complete and total scam. They've been doing oh, what's this. What's that? Uh, it was um, some sort of green energy firm that Barack Obama gave government contracts to, however many billions of dollars in the Bay Area, I believe, of all places. And it uh, it was def- it was it failed after like two or three years. So it was to me. I mean, it kind of felt like a money laundering scam. Solyndra, uh, it was maybe 2013 or something. Don't quote me on that. You could look it up, but that's what I, th- I mean, that's like tattooed on my brain. It's like this green stuff is a complete and total scam and their lack of, again, I don't know if it's a lack of knowledge or if it's just a uh, willful malice, but you, when you say, they'll tell people, Oh, it's just going to be the companies, the billion dollar companies like, bro, that's st- like, I get it. I nobody. Oh yeah. The billionaires, like they're all so successful corporate greed, but that stuff is going to trickle down. Like, do you think that, uh, you're what a car that cost you $25,000 in 2019 is still going to cost you the same amount, even though they're forcing these new taxes and all this stuff that, that gets trickled down to the customers and they never want to put the dots together. They never, they always want to pretend that these things are completely separate from each other and they're just not. And I don't know if this is like, they literally don't have the, the brain power. Like, I mean, this is like fifth grade stuff. Like there, there's a chain. And that's why even, even with Rona, like they were, Oh, well, we're just going to shut down the whole economy. Like that ruins everything. It's a domino effect. And you're pretending they knew it was a managed decline. They knew exactly what they were doing. But there's some people out there who think this is think think it's good. It, it's crazy to me. I, I don't know how how we reach these people. Well, if you think about it, if it's an Inflation Reduction Act and we're charging the companies that we already buy from more, I think it's pretty obvious. Like conceivably, this would be the Amazons, Microsofts, Walmarts, oh. companies that are gigantic would be paying more in tax. And then we're already play, paying higher prices because of inflation. They're just going to raise their prices more. So either they want people to go poor or they want these companies to, to earn less money. Either way, it's not going to work out good in terms of reducing inflation harm. And like I said, if you really want to reduce inflation, there's like half a billion dollars in there you can just give back to people or, or put into something. I mean, wouldn't it make more sense to give subsidies to companies like to grocers or farmers or something to make their things cheaper, the things that you absolutely need. And dare I say it, gas companies, even though I don't think they need the money, conceivably it would make, conceivably it would make sense to give them the money so that they could lower the prices for everyone because if you just give out half a billion dollars to 300 million people, let's say it's not gonna be much money per person, but Perhaps you gave it to a, a few companies, they could lower their prices. So I think what they're doing is actually the opposite. I'm not an economist, but I think I'm smart enough to know that when inflation is high, printing more money is not the correct thing to do there. It's to be more stringent with government spending and make sure you're not printing money and probably make cuts to the government. And I think uh, we can start in oh, a few places. They would places. never do that. Of course not. They would never do that. I think Wait, one of the newest ideas... I think one of the newest ideas was cutting the Department of Education that Trump said, even though uh, isn't his uh, that Betsy DeVos girl, isn't that his appointee? Yeah, but I think she's all I think she's been saying that the whole thing has been corrupt. I mean, she was supposed to be, you know, the kind of like the education Trump where she was going to kick down sandcastles or something. So I I am not I do. I will say that I don't um, I don't trust these teachers unions. So 
I think getting, dude, all of these government entities have been completely soiled. They're rotten from the core. So I, I'm going to be, I'm, it's going to be tough for me to find one, even before this FBI raid, um, even before all these new IRS agents, like it was going to be hard for me to trust one that was actually working in the people's favor. And while this is all happening, they're saying, oh, well, the Inflation Reduction Act um, and, you know, green stuff and healthcare. So they need to raise money for that stuff, right? So that's why our taxes are going up, or perhaps they're not actually going up, but they're going to be more strictly enforced. So Joe Schmo, who makes, you know, $30,000, $35,000 in a year, he's not going to be able to skate anymore. So they're coming for that six grand that he, that this guy who's just barely skating by owes them, right? So, so perhaps the taxes aren't going to go up, but they're just going to be they're going to be looking at it with a with a fine tooth comb and make sure that they they get you. But while all that's happening, they're giving a billion dollars worth of uh, military equipment to Ukraine. And let's never forget what happened. Was it last last August? About a year ago? Was it August? Uh, the the Afghan withdrawal when they left yeah. billions of dollars worth of equipment just on the ground there, and then they come back to us and say we need more money. Same thing with a. Uh, Scott Weiner, you know, California senator, the creepiest man in all of American politics. Oh, monkeypox is a it's an it's an emergency. We need more federal funding. It, it just never ends. Like everything is an emergency. Everything needs more federal funding. And we can all see it. Well, I guess all of us can't see it, but a lot of us can see it now. And as soon as you start to talk about it, then you get shadow banned. You get your YouTube videos demonetized or deleted. So um, it. it I hate to say it, and I don't know where we're, where we are as far as like a paywall or something, but we've been in this war for a long time. And I think last night might have been like a little bit more of an official declaration. I would say maybe I'm getting off track a little bit here, but I would say sort of uh, Biden dipping his toes into this declaration of war was back in uh, last summer when he said something along the lines of this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. I'm my, my patience is running thin or something like that. Like my patience is running thin to people who just decided they don't want to take your, your elixir that we have the 4k video of you six months earlier saying, who, who's going to take it? I wouldn't trust it. And now it's mandatory because you're, because you're in charge. So that was the soft declaration. And this, whether Biden claims he didn't know about it or not, this is a hard declaration. This is where, um, that censorship that we always see turns into because the, the left will always say, well, you, you have free speech. It's a private company, blah, blah, blah. But this is where that turns into hard power. And uh, it, it's, I guess, pretty scary, bro. Well, now uh, we have Nancy Pelosi saying, doing damage control about her trip. Who knows what she was doing there? But she comes back and she says, as we know, China is one of the freest societies in the world. When you find that quickly, Olivia, Nancy Pelosi, China, it's from today, I think. Um, and she's citing, of course, some study, I'm sure, which is not a very good one, or just measures, uh, you know, economic something or other, because, you know, you could potentially run a business in China and make a lot of money. The government's going to control it if they want to, but you could potentially run it and maybe run it easier and start one easier than you can in America or Canada. But who knows? Um, and I want to get to you about C your time at CPAC there. When people said, let's show Nancy Pelosi. She just looks like. <laughs> she could easily be replaced by like a banshee or something. And I know that sounds mean, but everyone in this Biden administration is so decrepit. Let's show this. 
support the one China policy. We go there to acknowledge the status quo is what our policy is. There was nothing disruptive about that. Okay. It was only about saying China is one of the freest societies in the world. Don't but, take it from me. That's from Freedom House. Let's it's talk a strong a little democracy, bit. Yeah. courageous people. And, and it's it just, I don't know why it is, uh, except there's some commercial interests who would like to diminish uh, the relationship. We still support So the people don't like China for any other reason when, other than wanting to diminish their commercial interests that other people have. That's insane. So one saying that she went there and doesn't cause any controversy, is that why they started rolling out tanks into their streets and threatened to shoot down the plane? And then to say, we believe in the one China policy, even though she wasn't saying that when she was in Taiwan. And then the Pentagon, director of the Pentagon was saying that she was wrong when he was here on US soil, on North American soil at home. But suppose he's not saying it over there. And now she comes back and she says, China's amazing. It's only a one China policy. It's not me saying that it's one of the freest countries in the world. That's somebody else saying that, a freest society. Some weird left-wing think tank or something, some weird left-wing think tank. But I think um, maybe this is, I, I think she was, she just did her little chip deal, right? And we know that the chips come from Taiwan. So she's going there. Now I know, I do understand that she sold the chip stock perhaps under the, uh, the pressure, the media, whatever. But it seems like that could have had something to do with it. I don't know. People fly around all the world, uh, all, around the world all the time. Ask Hunter Biden. So she's trying to close up some deal with Taiwan. And I don't know. I don't have much love for China, so w whatever. She can go there and do it. But don't come back and say pretend that she's not ruffling feathers and that China is one of the freest societies. We just saw the report last week of uh, CNN discovering that China is not one of the freest societies. Right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, they're they're all over the place. This woman is awful. I, you know, she has the little monkey paw thing that she does, and um, she, you know, Nancy, you won. You beat the game. You're 116 and a half years old. You're you're never going to get prosecuted. You're never going to get investigated. You have all the money in the world. You have a mansion on the hill in San Francisco. You've got a wall around it. Even though you say that walls are racist, you beat the game. Go home. Leave us alone. That's right, Pelosi. Think about that next time. Um, Nancy, I'm sure she's watching. Were the people you spoke to at CPAC, are they still, are, I know it was 68%, I think, said that they would they want Trump in the nomination. Is that the feeling you got there that people are, are ready for him to come back or do they, or are they less apprehensive or more apprehensive than maybe a random poll suggests, do you think? Um, I think the vibe was that people definitely wanted Trump. Um, now, you know, he was headlining the entire convention. So if DeSantis was the headliner and Trump wasn't there, you might have had a different <laughs> crowd of people, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and I kind of made that mistake because I genuinely wanted to know, but I do think that traditionally the common sense folks or the right-wing people are more open to a debate. We see that obviously that the left-wing typically uh, doesn't like to talk, they have the squeaky toys. Um, so I think it, it was, the answer to your question is yes, they are ready for Trump. But it was basically a Trump event, and I would have, I would like to talk to, to maybe go to a different event that Trump's not at, and see if there's a different, um, and see if there's a different, you know, uh, vibe, I guess. Um, but there were, with that said, there were some people who uh, were quick to say DeSantis. I even got a couple of uh, people that um, were ready for Christie known. So I was surprised by some, but I also got um, some people that were very 
uh, I don't want to, I don't want to say disgusted, but they did not like Christy Noem at all. So there's a pretty wide range, but all that said, um, it was a Trump event. Most people there were ready to support Donald Trump again. And, um, I think at this rate, at this rate, bro, and this is going to sound like a left-wing thing, but literally anything would be better than Joe Biden. Like Nancy Pelosi said, a glass of water with a D on it. Um, Kanye <laughs> West. I mean, anything would be better. Like, just just stop, bro. But here, here we are. We have, and, and now with the midterms coming up, I think we are at the point where, especially with this raid, I would have said this before the raid, but now this is like doubling, tripling, quadrupling down. If we don't see... Um, you know, the Republicans shift the House and the Senate and all that stuff, um, then we're going to know that we're going to know basically, I mean, concretely that this is not a fair, like this game is rigged from the top down. I mean, there's just no way. It will be interesting to see President Kanye if all that happens. Or if you ask Andrew, well, if you ask Andrew Yang, who has actually come out against the raid, um, now he's learning that his fans are insane and not very smart. If you ask him, then everybody's going to vote for a third party in the next race. Seventy Upwards of 78%, says Andrew Yang. So maybe we'll get the forward party coming in number one and uh, the birthday party coming in number two. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, we're going to let you go. We're going to see if we can get Anomaly in. And uh, we thank you for coming on again. Eric Butler at TatumReport.com and Report and Opine on Instagram. You can watch his recent stuff with cpac and um altreporter.com is another place you've been posting that alex stein interactions with <laughs> yes all... yes go ahead and check it out and we got loads more coming we talked to some i don't want to say big names but some pretty interesting people so check out uh, my page and the alt reporter page right, and Tatum report of course for different content <laughs> that's right all right thanks a lot man cheers now entering the chat anomaly how are you good sir thanks for joining me of course thanks for having me now, I've wanted to talk to you about this today because I saw you put something out. You saw put I saw you put out a poll on Twitter that interested me, and I knew from that um, about this Trump raid on Mar-a-Lago or the FBI raid, I should I should say, that maybe you had an interesting perspective on this. Now, the poll was something about: Do you think it was um, orchestrated to make Trump more popular? Now, I don't know if people know that the FBI director, I be believe it was, was appointed by Trump. Now, I don't haven't heard anything yet, and again, we're like a day into this, that something, um, I haven't heard yet that the Republicans are doing anything about it. Maybe DeSantis is going to do something. But what is your reaction to that, especially considering the Biden administration's claiming that they had nothing to do with it? I'm not sure I believe that, but do you have a different perspective than what's out there on there? I feel like you might. Yeah, well, I'll start off by saying I think he's getting a raw deal. Like, I don't think they're that much interested in Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, Hillary Clinton, Biden, his son. You know, these are things they're not interested in. So I'll start out the gate by saying I don't think it's being um, put out there equally. You get what I'm saying? However, you know, in America, it's not like we've had Justin Trudeau for like 10 years and the opposition party hasn't had a chance to have any sort of power. Donald Trump was in the White House for four years and he put in that same FBI director who's overseeing the FBI now. And as much as Trump says, I'm fighting the deep state, apparently that director Ray is not that big of a threat because Joe Biden kept him there. So there's a lot of moves that Trump made where I feel like uh, he put a pharmacy lobbyist and executive at the head of HHS, which is our entire health department, 
That was the person who ended up declaring the emergency for coronavirus. So, you know, putting a pharmacy lobbyist at the head of HHS is almost like putting Bill Gates at the head of the environmental agency. So, you know, he did a lot of questionable things. And I guess my only thought is not, uh, you know, blaming him for this as, as far as like he's completely guilty or anything. I think he's getting a raw deal, but rather that they sat there for four years and didn't really do that much. So, you know, I don't know why they thought that wasn't going to backfire. And I'll just say this and be honest, you know, if you say like Hillary Clinton's a very powerful and it's, to some people scary, I mean, I'm not scared of her, but, you know, a politician with a lot of power and clout. And if you say you're going to lock her up like Trump did several times and you don't lock her up, don't be surprised when the other party comes in and tries to lock you up. So I think it's just like gang or game theory rather. But, but you know, it's like if you're going to say that and not do it, expect them to retaliate so i think he's getting a raw deal i don't think it's fair but i think he likes to play the victim a lot and his base likes to act like they, they're just shocked at everything but it's like hopefully we learned our lesson and if republicans take power again maybe they'll do something this time because last time they really just empowered a bunch of pharmacy lobbyists and people that were swampy and then ran around the country for two years selling these mrna vaccines as the greatest human achievement ever so it's just hard to feel bad for them when i feel like i was betrayed and america was betrayed by their leadership in the last couple of years. I did see that there's an email that went out for fundraising off of the off of the FBI raid. Do you buy their reasoning that it was for some sort of classified documents? Do you, do you think that Trump would be holding classified documents in his possession at his golf course home? Don't you think if he was purposely withholding them that he might be hiding them somewhere? Or do you buy that excuse from the FBI or is it too early to tell? I would say that my best guess, I don't know for sure until it comes out, but my best guess is that, you know, Trump probably did something that a lot of other presidents have done and probably got away with. Like with Trump, they're looking for an excuse. I mean, it almost made me like him more because they're looking so hard and they barely had any evidence at all with the Russia thing. So it made Trump way more lovable. You're like, wow, he must really have his hands clean if they can't find anything. So with this type of stuff, like maybe they got him on something that's like uh you know, a technical rule or something. So I, I would say maybe it is true or something, but I'm sure it's something that a lot of other presidents do and isn't seen as a big deal. So when you're Trump or a conservative, you got to really extra watch yourself. So I don't, we'll see when it all comes out, but that's just my own personal guess for now is that he maybe did something that like is a technicality that a lot of other people get away with, but I don't really know. Normally when you... Yeah, have you seen this new Inflation Relief Act and what's in it? And I wanted to ask you specifically about it as well because I give you credit for being one of the earliest people to point out how much the inflation was coming. There's you and there's another guy named Mocha that works here because he's from Turkey, so he knows how it starts. But right. you, I think 2019 on one of the earlier episodes of my show, you said the hyperinflation was coming from all the stuff or all the money that Trump was printing. Um, you got into a debate about it with um, Sticks. Um, that was a big thing, big one of those big online debates. Um, and you turned out to be right. I agreed with you on the premise of what you were saying. Um, one, are you getting the credit you deserve on that? Of course, we can brag on this show. And two, this new inflation relief or inf inflation, whatever they're calling it, package where it's half another half a billion to, uh, to Ukraine and all this money for climate change. What's your opinion on why they are doing that? Do you think that they're doing this just to get as much money out of the system, the American people as they can before they're inevitably, you know, take having have power taken away from them? Or do you think this is, you know, let's go full steam ahead 
on actually trying to do this climate agenda. Do you do you see what I mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. To answer the first question, you know, I appreciate the credit, but to me, it's just common sense. In 2020, you know, people get so caught in party politics because, you know, either they love Trump or hate Trump. So you have the left who never wants to give him any credit and the right who will defend anything he does. So I just looked at it and I saw both parties come together to print the tra- the CARES Act. It was like a multi-trillion dollar bill. They're funneling tens of billions of dollars to big pharma. We stopped production for a couple months. Everybody's locked inside. And it took a couple years even to get back to a semi-normal state. We're not even back to a full normal so I just saw that and I was like, we'd be lucky to not hit hyperinflation. I think we'll be all right. But when you print that much money and stop production and, and stop supply chains, it was only a matter of time until all of that building up kind of collapsed. Because, I mean, it's like, you know, everybody has money for a year or two because they're printing money and giving you money. But this is basic economics that that's going to fail eventually. So I want to say, you know, I think both parties are responsible, but then Biden comes in and he pours kerosene on it and just makes everything worse. So I think Biden does deserve some responsibility. It's not like he's an innocent victim. Uh, but the Republicans always like play this controlled opposition game where they do like 40 percent of it and then act like, you know, they're going to fight them next time and they just never do. So appreciate the credit on that. But I hope a lot of people have figured it out by now. And uh, with this new act, you know, they're saying it's an inflation reduction act. That's the name of it. But when it passed, you can see major headlines saying we finally passed through a climate bill and a health bill. And I'm like, wait, I thought it was to reduce inflation. I believe they're trying to add 87,000 new IRS agents to come take Americans money. And they had some sort of little vote on whether it should just be for 400,000 and over. And that apparently didn't pass. So they're going to be going after people who make zero to $60,000, 60,000 to 100,000, everybody, you know, more I guess it's a pandemic of we need to suck every dollar out of the American working people after a real pandemic. You know, I guess that's what they're doing. So we see what they're doing here in America and all over the world. They are trying to use climate change as an excuse to just redirect everything like a new normal Great Reset style stuff. I'm not saying the climate's not changing, but, you know, I would say it's a very dumb conspiracy theory to think, you know, they always say you're conspiracy theorists. I think the dumbest conspiracy theory in the world is thinking Joe Biden, Klaus Schwab, Justin Trudeau. Uh, and AOC and Elizabeth Warren are going to save the planet from the climate crisis. It's like, yeah, there's things that we could do better environmentally, but a lot of this is just kind of making government bigger, um, taking away American sovereignty. And over the next couple course of years, you'll see that, you know, they're trying to make government bigger and bigger and bigger and personal liberties smaller and smaller. So just more of the same. I would say in America, you know, the Democrats are the worst, the greater of two evils, but the game that they keep playing is they keep putting in people like Trump, who, albeit maybe did more, they, they make you believe that they're going to be different. Like uh, they thought George Bush was different then liberals thought Obama was different. And now people thought Trump was different. And even if he proved that he kind of wasn't, he, they want a second term, which I get he's better than Biden. But I believe this is the game they're playing. A successful politician convinces you that they're different. So you don't hold them accountable like another politician. I'm not telling people to hate Trump and not even to not vote for him if you want to, but treat him like Mitch McConnell or Ted Cruz and this country will get better. You treat him like he's above everybody else and he's got some sort of special plan, you're going to see a lot more of the same. Big pharma printouts and as much as the right wing says they're fighting socialism, in 2020 under the guise of a pandemic, they did more socialism than I've ever seen in one year in my entire life. So it's all talk with the Republican Party. It's very interesting to see the attempt at the Democrats right now to really go for everything and somewhat successfully when a bill like this gets passed through. There's been a couple that were blocked through 
I want to say, exposure to the public. But the Ukraine stuff always makes it through from both sides. Now, this one was a tiebreaker, making Kamala Harris the, the uh, deciding vote. But now I think that they're able to do this stuff. I think the, the I, I don't know if it was an act or what it was to limit firearms as much as they could. Now, I think that'll probably get struck down when it's challenged, like many other things do. But now what they're doing is they're coming after the ability for people to defend themselves. And I think that's the last straw. Of course, they've always been doing that in a, in a bit of a sense. But they're, they're piling up a lot of, and I don't even want to call them victories, but they're piling up a lot of momentum here where it doesn't matter how people feel. And I think Justin Trudeau, as you mentioned, as, a, as one of these proprietors of this, a couple years ago realized it didn't actually matter what the public thinks. As long as they present it in the formal way and they have everybody on their side to vote for it forward, they're going to do that regardless of what the public thinks. And I think they're going to try to do that the best they can. And I bring this up because there seems to be an influx of evidence now of people defending themselves and some of the powers that be that don't like that. Do I think Joe Biden and Pelosi are straight up communists? No, I don't. But I think it goes along with their plan to not have a populace that can defend themselves should they say, hey, we want to be president, we want to be in charge for the next 20 years, whether it's the next person that they get voted in or if they they change that in some way. But there's all these videos coming out. I don't know how many of them you've seen. There, of course, is the famous bodega guy defending himself. He ended up getting off after public pressure. There was a, a Vegas store clerk who stabbed a guy a bunch of times. He was getting robbed by five people, I think. And Olivia, okay. see if you can find the other one. I think it sent it, I sent it to you earlier today um, of a mother and a daughter. I just want to watch this with you and get your reaction. There's a mother and a daughter defending, I think it was an independent liquor store. Olivia, do you have that? It's the news report of a mother and a daughter, and they're defending their liquor store. I just feel like there's so many more. Maybe we're being more exposed to them now, but there's so many more instances of people getting it's in our our messages from earlier yeah, i would you got say it right there. Lives in america the the violence seems i mean i don't know the stats but it seems like uh robberies are way higher like i live in a place where there's not a lot and there's a lot of smashing grabs and it's starting to increase all over the country so you know definitely cell phones are a big reason why and and uh you know like twitter um but i do think that robberies and uh theft and violence is increasing in the major cities and they're becoming lawless and we're losing morality in this country i mean it's it's not terrible but i wouldn't go to new york city or los angeles right now that's just <laughs> now let's play this over top olivia uh i just want to see this full thing holding up their liquor store and open fire with guns of their own inside edition i can't believe it's going on i just emptied the chamber i just kept Pulling the trigger and kept pulling and kept pulling and kept pulling. The drama happened at a family-owned liquor store in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The robber burst in brandishing a sawed-off shotgun. You can see 30-year-old Ashley Lee opening the cash register and putting her hands up. The robber helps himself, then heads out. But Ashley has locked the outside door by remote. That's when Ashley grabs a revolver from under the counter and hands it to her mother, Tina. They both huddle for cover. Then the robber returns and mom lets him have it. She fires again and again. I saw him, the rifle, and I pulled my weapon and I shot him. And then I stood up as he was walking out and I shot him again. Look at the glass in the door shattering. The mom takes another shot. Ashley even grabs another pistol. Suspect was shot when he came in to rob the store. The robber punches his way through the broken glass. 
he wrestles with mom, and then it's Ashley's turn to open fire. It's a life or death a lot of struggle. Shots. Mom oh. is pistol whipped. Ashley fires again. Then he pulls the trigger on Ashley, firing at point blank range. By some miracle, the gun is out of ammo. I wish I could have done something sooner before he did hurt her. <laughs> See, the crazy thing about yeah, that. I feel bad about that. We can come back. Yeah, the crazy thing about that is. You might go to jail if you did that in Canada. If you, def first of all, we don't have liquor stores that aren't government run, which I don't know if you know about that in in my province anyway. Some of the provinces do, but only the government gets to sell liquor and weed in Can in in Ontario. But you can't, and they said this as early as a couple months ago. You can't defend yourself with a firearm. The rights of self defense isn't a thing in Canada. So I wonder, like, what somebody would actually do. I guess you just got to let them rob you. And I think that's the, if you talk to young people, and I've had a conversation before with one of my friend's girlfriends, frankly, and they said, just let them steal, just let them rob your home and your insurance will cover it. And I'm just like, is that really what you believe? Is that what some younger people have been brought up to believe that you should just let the person take your things and, you know, insurance will cover it? I don't right. know what my point is here normally. That was crazy, dude. I haven't seen that one, but... First off, I want to say they're badasses because honestly, you got to think at a certain point, like how much money they're stealing, how important it is to you. Like that guy had a sawed off shotgun. If he was just like unarmed and it's like, yeah, lock the door and then go shoot him. I get that. But the fact that he had a sawed off shotgun and that mom was such a boss that she locked the door anyway. I mean, I, I guess I could call her a boss, but it almost got her daughter shot. So I would say in that situation, just as somebody that does support the Second Amendment, that was a ballsy move that almost backfired because he has a gun and you lock him inside. That you know, but uh, if you do that, you got to make sure you kill him and shoot him right away. So in certain states in America, you might be charged. In other ones, it's a little easier to do than Canada, especially in Kansas. But if you do that in California, New York City, like the bodega guy, it's going to be a hot button issue. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's this old saying that the gun doesn't kill people; people kill people. And it might sound stupid to some, but it's just true. So in this country. Uh, we take the Second Amendment very seriously. There's more guns than people. And there's so many instances of store owners and people stopping bigger shootings with the gun. Uh, I don't think it's a gun issue. I think it's a morality issue. It's a, you know, a lot of people lacking families and fathers. Technology now is, I think, making a lot of people uh, mentally depressed. And obviously there are economic factors too, but you know, I, I support the Second Amendment, but with that particular case, I think she was a little foolish to lock the guy inside because, uh, you know, if there was one more bullet in the chamber, her daughter would have been killed. So not not the best strategy there, but, uh, you know, I guess it worked out in the end. Yeah, I'm guessing his shotgun didn't have any shells in it or else he probably would have used that. But right. play stupid games, as they say. Um, I wanted to ask you about seeing one of our people. I'm guessing it was Juan Mendoza from Rebel News in a, a TPUS USA event in Florida. Um, what brought you out to that? Because some people might say, anomaly, he's anti-establishment. What's he doing at a TPUSA event? Uh, you want to tell us how it was and how you got involved in that? Yeah, so I, uh, I was visiting my father on the east coast of uh, America for his 60th birthday. And I had contacted a few podcasts that I've been putting off and I tried to do like a whole schedule because I don't like to fly back from California, you know, like it's such a long flight. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, while I'm there, let me get some stuff done. And I looked and people were talking about it and I was like, wow, it lines up with TPUSA. So, you know, it would be nice to go there and network and talk to people. So 
at first they were happy I was going and then I got a call almost like red flag laws I had red flag tweets and they saw that I was oh you know challenging TPUSA and Charlie Kirk and telling people to boot Ted Cruz at their event so I almost got banned uh, and then I told him I said I'm not going to spread problems but I'm a conservative who disagrees with certain things they decided to let me in which was smart because I would have been a PR nightmare if they didn't and it ended up being great. I did a lot of interviews. I met a lot of people. I met like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert. They said they're a fan of what I'm doing. Uh, I got to really like see a lot of like uh, companies and stuff for the conservative side. So overall, I think, uh, you know, I, I went with a journalist pass. Like I'm a news source, even though I almost got banned. And yeah, I don't agree with everything that people are doing, but I'm not, I'm not a hater. I'm not like a, you know, somebody who's trying to hurt anybody or cause a scene. It's just, I believe this conservative movement in America is a little too weak and we need to challenge each other. And uh, you know, it was a great experience. I met a lot of great people, a lot of good conversation. Of course, a lot of the speakers, some of them were great, some of them were like just whatever, politicians, but um, turned out to be awesome. And I'm glad I went because I would never know that so many high profile people are watching my stuff and they like me because a lot of these establishment people will act like uh, I'm such a bad guy or something. But um, you know, and, and to TPSA's credit, they do a lot of great work. And, you know, I'm not I'm not here trying to take any real estate from what they're doing. I hope they make a lot of money and do well. It's just this idea that for a long time, you know, people don't want to challenge certain ideas. But I do think TPSA is starting to do that. And I do think the base is ready. You know, there's a new sheriff in town and, uh, you know, people are ready for a little bit of change. So I, it, it was a great experience. And uh I'm a pretty friendly guy. I mean, I know a lot of people think I, I wouldn't be, but I, I was going to hang out, network, and chat with people, not like rain on their parade. I don't think anyone thinks that you're an unfriendly guy. But no, it's good to hear that side of the story. And I think Charlie Kirk unleashed himself a little bit with, with the vaccine stuff. I was surprised when he came out on his podcast and started being completely against the vaccine. Um, in, a, in a good way, I was surprised. I didn't think that he was going to go down that road, but he did. But again, right. there's to this day, a hundred million people in the U.S. who are unvaccinated. So there's still like there's still a lot of people out there who want to hear um, that side of the story, that point of view. And I think it's Real quick, only, I wanted to say, too, I yeah. think only 32 percent of people in America got the booster shot. Yeah, so I was like, to say that pretty people rejected the booster. You know, that's an interesting sign. And yeah, good. I think Charlie Kirk deserves to be praised, you know, when he does good stuff. And uh I think he has stepped up over the last year or two. He's pretty young too, you know. Mm -hmm. It's uh, he got a big position at an early age, so it's it's a tough it's a tough deal to do at any age, let alone like how young he is. Last thing I want to ask you about is from another event, that CPAC event. What did you make of that uh, performance art thing? Did you see that with the uh, guy, the mega kid in the cage? Um, I think it was a Brandon Straka performance art thing. Did you see that? I did see it. I saw pictures and videos of it. I think I saw Marjorie Taylor Greene like on her knees, like at his knees or something. Did, how did you feel about that? Some people think it was it was silly. Some people think, hey, this is a reminder that there's people in jail for this. How did you interpret that? I would say uh, to some extent, any press is good press. And, uh, you know, Brandon was super nice to me in the following years before he got in trouble at the Capitol. And, uh, you know, Brandon has a story to tell now that he's, uh, I, I don't know if he was on house arrest or what happened to him. You know, he's free now, so he's back to doing his thing and telling his story. So I would say from a marketing standpoint, clearly it was extremely effective. And, uh, you know, I don't know exactly what message he was portraying or what story he has to tell because he he's dealt with a lot more than I have in that direction. But uh, 
you know, I do think that people have largely ignored a lot of the political prisoners. And I, you know, this is just my personal take is Trump, although I don't think he should be charged for it, like it's not his fault people ran into the Capitol, but he is the leader of this movement. And I feel like uh, a lot of Republicans just kind of like throw throw their supporters under the bus, ask for their help, and then when people need your help, they're nowhere to be found. So, you know, I, I do it in my own way. I speak my mind about it, and I think Brandon Straka has every right to, you know, do whatever he wants to bring attention to his story and the stories of a lot of other people because some of them, I, I don't know him for sure, but some of them, they were in jail before their trial. And I don't know exactly how that works, but a lot of these people are not dangerous enough where they need to be in jail for a long time before their trial even exists. Um, but I think this also shines a spotlight on the American justice system. You know, we're far from perfect, and this type of stuff uh, has happened a lot, and it will happen more. So, you know, now that Trump's in the news, it's like, whoa, the FBI could do this. And it's like, to be fair, they've been doing it to Trump's supporters for two years now. So, you know, I, I respect his uh, decision to, you know, go a little creative with with how to get that out there. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a line that I myself cons- consider – um, criticizing conservatives a lot and the January 6th stuff falls on the other side of that line Ukraine stuff falls on the other side of that line and of course there's always Israel stuff that falls on the other side of that line and you know that's the sort of stuff the we can't criticize or talk about certain things that's the sort of stuff that needs to be removed from these you know mainstream parties moving forward if they're to be successful in my opinion when you are unable to be human in the sense that you can't give an opinion on something because of fear of what twitter might say or left-wing news might say and you're already in the space like your job isn't being threatened to be removed i think there's ways to answer it even in a simple or you know you know save not the opposite of unsavory way but basically i think you can talk about it without turning people off if you just give an opinion or just give a a little bit of a soft answer i think that's better than completely ignoring it like some of these politicians will they'll never talk about these people in jail some of them will never talk about the fact that uh you know the premier of of alberta in canada has a ukraine flag in his profile still and and this money is being funneled to you know, who knows where into Nazi battalion. So I think there needs to be, like you said, a little bit more toughness in these areas. And the only way to do that is to, to get in there and, force, in my opinion, force people to talk about it. And I think that's happening in some places. Right. I think uh, in America especially, I'm sure it's similar in Canada, but there's two different echo chambers. Not everybody falls into it, but like with the left wing, they've become such a hive mind. You know, they're all saying the same thing all the time and they're just fighting the right. And when you're fighting the right, you feel good because you're winning or, you know, it's like this big sports game. And then on the right, you know, a lot of people just kind of say the same thing. So with January 6th, I have a very nuanced take. On one hand, I don't think Trump should be arrested, but I do think he is semi-responsible and he had crappy leadership. On one hand, I think the, you know, the January 6th people are getting an extremely raw deal, an unfair deal, and nobody in the GOP wants to talk about it. On another hand, I think they were very foolish to fall for this trap because, you know, if you even look at Twitter or Democrat now, they're hoping that, you know, MAGA gets upset at this FBI raid and does something stupid so they can arrest you too. So if you want to play 5D chess, you can't run into the lines then and run into their traps. So I think people need to take accountability that actually, you know, broke the law. But at the same time, if you just stood outside the Capitol and didn't do anything, you're innocent. And they're, you know, so I have like a nuanced take around it. But the problem with the right wing is they're so used to getting beaten down by the right wing establishment that they clung on to Trump. 
And now what you're starting to see is a lot of people don't have their own identity, personality, or vision. They just follow Trump's vision. The problem is, like we saw with this administration, he did a lot of great things, but he also did a lot of dumb things, put in a lot of dumb advisors, put in a lot of, you know, I would say what they would call quote unquote deep state people, whatever you want to call them, swampers. You know, so to me, it's like, I think he's better than Biden, but I have my own vision. Uh, At the end of the day, if he does something, you know, whack, I'm going to call it out like a real journalist. And a lot of people can't handle that. So I think that's the problem with all of these topics is people don't have their own vision and identity and they're just running circles around Donald Trump. In the last couple of years, I don't think he really is a good person to follow. You know, I think he's a better person than Biden to vote for him. I voted for him. But as far as like his his vision, I don't I don't see it for the, the, the future and the present. I don't think he has a real grasp on what's going on. I think he's almost 80 years old. And, you know, I think Biden makes him look good because Biden's so like demented that, you know, Trump looks like Michael Jordan compared to him. So, you know, I find myself in this sort of thing where everybody is turning into an NPC, left wing and right wing, where they literally just repeat others. And it's called the echo chamber, where if you've never heard another idea, you know, when I bring these things to TPUSA and I talk to people, most people agree with me. It's just no one's saying it on the stage and no one's heard it before. So, uh, you know, even a lot of left wingers, they're caught in their reality tunnel. They don't even they've been, you know, sniffing their own asses for so long. They don't even know that they're wrong, you know. So sometimes the best approach is compassion, kindness and just blunt honesty in a way that, like you said, humanizes people, you know, don't like be like, listen, you're I don't agree with that. So that's you know, that's what I think is happening is a lot of people are just following one narrative or the other. And it's understandable because Twitter every day, here's the story, here's what the left's saying, here's what the right's saying. It's very easy to just get caught on one of those paths. And it's like we're getting like caught in algorithms now. You know, it's mm-hmm. like they're, they're putting an algorithm on our brain and we're going left or right. So I'm trying to break the matrix and get out of that. Anomaly, thanks for coming on. I think I can run the gamut on your socials. Twitter, legend. I'm not looking at a piece of paper. Twitter, legendary energy. Instagram, dream rare. And YouTube with zero anomaly news and hip hop analysis. Is that last one right? Yes, dude, you're the man. You got it. Thank you. And also, lastly, when are we getting an album from you? I don't know. I is want that, at least I mean, eight songs. Speaking of albums, is that Patriot J song Candor? Was that on an album you dropped? Yeah, that's right. That's dude, right. That song is such a banger, dude. It's, I on know. Sp- it's on my Spotify playlist, so I'm getting you royalties, man. Well, I, thank I you. Like that yeah. and uh, his one with um, his one with uh, why am I forgetting his name right now? He's got another song, DQ or something right? with or DC no? Capital also DC Cap- on there. That's really good too. Right. Um, yeah, I want eight. Okay, I'll lower it to six songs from you by the end of the year on an album. Well, I'm trying. I guess I'm trying to write a book and do a thing and start like a a, a company. I got like eight different things, but I, I I do have a new song that I'm working on, so I'm at least working on one. But six, <laughs> I'll just I could I got it. Okay, just thank you. Bully me, cyber bully me. Until I <laughs> you know that's what I'm best at. All right. All, all right. right thanks again for coming on. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Thank you. Set aside where they get to the stalling, house side where they get to the walking, no side for the people that's off in rushlin', my boy, you know that I'm talking. Ayy, rushlin', my boy, you know that I'm talking, ayy. Look, rushlin', my boy, you know that I'm sent aside. I don't trust a single soul inside. Need to euthanize, sit on their ass while they loot the guys. With their suits and ties, we rip them off with the strength of gods. If I see Nancy Pelosi or Kevin McCarthy, we fighting like Budokai, yeah.